All right, let's uh, open in prayer. Our gracious God, as we come to talk about uh, life um, in this world, this fallen world, and wrestle with all that's going on around us, we ask that you would first and foremost give us humility and grace, give us clarity, and give us guidance and wisdom, we pray. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so, why am I here? Uh, Who am I? Where am I? Uh, So, Cheyenne had her baby this week. Uh, What was that? Friday morning? Friday morning, 1.30 a.m., super early Friday morning. So, we had told first uh, OPC in Portland that we would be willing to cover a couple Sundays when the baby came so that Andrew could tend to his wife and his child. So Isaac is on his way, probably actually already down there, uh, covering the pulpit uh, today. And I'm going to cover Sunday school, which means we are having a... Brett talk. talk. There we go. Uh, Back in November, I said I was going to hit some uh, current, some of the harder topics going on around us when Isaac was unable to teach Sunday school, and uh, we're calling them Brett Talks. I blame Isaac. Um, He came up with that, and then I couldn't get anything else in my head, so that's what we're talking about. All right, so we started uh, with mask mandates. I had a couple, uh, two parts on that. Uh, and then, um, I don't know if we, uh, we did uh, how to comfort others who are going through affliction and hard times. So today, I want to start looking at CRT and intersectionality. And in some ways, that might be surprising, because in many ways, we think of this as a political issue. And... Uh, we don't believe the church is a political institution. We, we try to, where, where we can, be apolitical, stay out of politics. Uh, but the simple reality is these are issues that are making their way into the church. And there's a lot of confusion and questions that people are asking. And, uh, and this is true even within historically reformed churches, very close to us, within our, uh, um, our, our sphere of friends and things. And, and in some ways, this is understandable because um, CRT, at least, uh, appears to be concerned with things that ought to concern us. Um, uh, oppression and, and racism and, and things like that. And, and these are things we as Christians should be concerned about. Uh, and, and so, um, it, in some senses, it's understandable, but we're going to have to ask... What is their solution? What is their remedy? And is it a, a biblical? And even what is their understanding of those issues? And so we're going to talk about that. And while I don't remotely claim to be an expert, um, I, I do want to do my best to define uh, what some of these things are. And, and, and as so far as I can, uh, I, I've referenced uh, or, or looked at primary sources and, and tried to be very fair uh, with with some of those things. But then I. Um, and so I want to I want to define those, especially for those who are unfamiliar with, with some of those things. But um, I also want to talk about uh, today some dangers or pitfalls that we need to avoid while we talk about these things. And that's probably as far as we're going to get today. Uh, do some definitions and just kind of set the table for how to talk about these things. I I, I just think it's going to take forty five minutes to do that. Uh, next time, whenever that is, I'm not saying next week, but next time um, Isaac's not here, 
uh, I want to ask some very basic questions about whether or not those things are compatible with the Bible. And when I'm done with that, if there's time or, or the next time, I'd like to ask how the Lord would call us to respond. So that's, that's kind of my plan today. Just do some definitions today. Next time, uh, do some analysis and, um, and, and, and hopefully how do we respond, but that might be a third time. So, uh, I want to reiterate some things I said back in November because they apply here. These are sensitive subjects, and while we don't want to ignore them, we also want to acknowledge uh, that they bring out a lot of emotion. And with emotion uh, comes passion and fears and anger. And, and we see this all around us today. We see passion and fear and anger everywhere we look. Um, and, and we see that in the church as well, and so I just simply want to reiterate, rehearse a couple guidelines from Scripture as we talk about these. We don't want to avoid them, but we want to do it in a way that honors our God. And so I just want to um, remind us that the Lord tells us that how we speak is as important as what we speak. Right. So rehearse a few verses. Ephesians four fifteen. Rather speaking the truth, what in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head Christ. We want to be truth speakers, but we want to speak the truth in love. Right? Why? Because 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that if we have all knowledge, but we have not love, we are... Right. Well, he even goes farther and says, clashing cymbals, clanging gongs, right? He says, we are nothing. That's a pretty powerful, pretty powerful statement. Right? And then, uh, if Romans 12.10. Outdo one another in showing honor. That, that the Lord calls us to, to honor one another. And so, as we talk about these things, as we, as we head into, I know, I'm, I'm sure some people are thinking, why in the world are you doing this to yourself? Well, because I think these things are worth talking about, but I want to make sure we do it well, as, as far as we can. That's, that's the goal. A failure to love those uh, around them is the very things that the churches in Ephesus and Sardis were rebuked of in, in, Rome, in Revelation 2 and 3. Remember, you guys have great theology, but you have no love. And for this, I, I rebuke you and I reject you. And, and that's powerful. And so we don't want to fall into that, that trap. So that's just a couple reminders as we, we head in. So let's start by defining terms. What does CRT stand for? Critical race theory. Critical race theory. Good. It stands for critical race theory. So, so what is critical race theory? Well, I think, I think that's fair. Um, so what I think we want to do is say, I, I think it's always key to let proponents and, and inventors of a term, um, define it. We might, we might respond to, to whether or not it's accurate. We might respond to whether or not we agree. But, but the, you know, one of the things my professors used to, to say, in fact, uh, Mike Horton used to say this repeatedly, was when you present somebody else's view, 
you should strive to present it better than they could so that when they're when you're done presenting it, they say, I couldn't do a better job. Then you take it apart. But the first thing you do is you don't caricature. And so we really want to be careful, right? Um, so so I appreciate that. But we um, there are proponents, people who have originated these terms, coined these terms, and that's really who we want to hear from. Okay. Um, anybody want to take a stab at a few things, or should I just launch? Yeah, Jonathan. In the 80s, absolutely. Critical theory, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. And the, the theoretical framework that one of books developed around that is what becomes critical Right, it, it's developed from the 80s. Yeah, and, and, you, and you could actually argue farther back than that, but that language, like critical theory and things like that, are coined in the 80s uh, in academia, uh, Harvard Law. Um, yeah, and, and develop. Um, so let me... Uh, list about um, three or four main tenets of critical race theory. Um, uh, The first, and obviously critical race theory, is trying to deal with race, racism, and things like that. And the first is how uh, racism is defined. Uh, So racism is um, not primarily an individual reality or problem, but um, uh, uh, but corporate. And what that means is that you could be, uh, according to critical race theory, uh, guilty of racism, uh, uh, not based upon your own views or actions, but uh, based upon those of a particular group to whom you belong. Okay, and I'll try to explain that more. But the... Not a primarily an individual issue, but a corporate issue. In other words, so racism is not racism is not primarily an issue of of your views and actions, but the corporate views and actions of a group to which you belong. Okay, so that's the first thing. It's a corporate issue. Um, secondly. Uh, Racism is defined as a white problem or a white sin or offense. Uh, in fact, this week, the Anti-Defamation League actually officially changed their definition of racism. So the Anti-Defamation League, which tries to deal with, with defamation and things like that, actually changed its definition of racism to this. The marginalization or, um, and or oppression of people of color based upon constructed a constructed racial hierarchy that privileges white people. Okay? So that so the second tenet is is uh 
first, racism is corporate. Secondly, racism is the mistreatment or or, um, or oppression of people of color um, by people who are white. So that's that's the definition when they talk about okay. Um, third, race, uh, America is systemically. You guys have probably heard that word a lot. Systemically racist, which which means is typically argued that uh, racism is uh, ingrained in its laws and institutions, structured so as to um, oppress people of color and uh, privilege or reward. Uh, people who are white. So the laws and institutions are structured in that way in our country. And then, and then the fourth point is it rejects meritocracy. What's meritocracy? Right. Meritocracy, right, meritocracy is the system of reward based upon performance. Okay. Um, so, uh, uh, CRT, critical race theory, says justice is only done when there is an equality in outcome regardless of efforts or labors. Okay. So, there's only equality when there's an equality of outcome. And, and so those are the four basic things. Um, you, you can go into more nuance and things like this, but if you read... So the, I looked at um, UCLA's Luskin School of Affairs, the Encyclopedia Britannica definitions. Um, if you look at all those typical summaries, these are the basic four things you're going to see. Okay? Um, that... Uh, Racism is not primarily not individual but corporate. It is a white problem. Uh, it is um, an American problem ingrained in its laws and institutions. And uh, there is no justice, there is no equality until there's an equality of outcome. So those those are the four basic uh, tenets. Okay. Um, I know I, I covered a lot in just a couple minutes. But again, I'm trying to get the definitions, and, I, and I'm trying to be as fair as I can. Um, we, we can get into analyzing all of those, but this is if you read the literature, if you read the summaries, these are the tenets you're going to see on critical race theory. Okay. Yes? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think about how best, um, I, 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 well, yeah, I, I, I don't, 
I don't see, and, and again, I'm not going to claim to be an expert here, um, but but CRT does not tend to talk about other countries. Um, and so, but beyond that, I um, historically, Jewish people would not be considered a white. They are Middle Eastern. And so we need to be very careful there. Um, uh, as far as what what's going to happen, as, as so uh, they are Semitic, which means descendants of Shem. Yeah. Um, could we say that that's kind of um, not using them as an example necessarily, but kind of an example of what holding uh, a certain people group responsible for an entire nation's perceived wrong? Um, you mean holding the German people? No, the Jews, oh, okay. Yeah. Is there a parallel? Yeah. Well, you guys are getting way, way ahead. But yeah, there is a parallel. I mean... Uh, the Germans used the Jewish people as a scapegoat for all, all their problems and direct, directed all their anger at them, and that was what. Uh, so, but but you're getting like, I appreciate the, the thought, but you're getting so far ahead, you know. Now, yeah, that I mean, when we get into critique and things like that, that's that will be a very fair analogy. Um, so it leads to a related issue. Did you have? A, I saw. No. Okay. Uh, this relates to a very related issue, and it's intersectionality. What is intersectionality, Mr. Montes? Uh, it's, it's a framework for discussing hierarchy of those who have been oppressed and those who are the oppressors. It's a scale. Yes, yeah. It, it, I don't know how else to put it, but a sort of social credit system. Yeah. Okay, how much credit you have in society. Um, and... It, it, so it believes that society is structured not just around ethnicity, but other social issues, or other issues as well, such as social class, gender, um, uh, gender identity, uh, sexual orientation, and numerous other facets. And, and some of these facets in society afford privilege, and some remove privilege or bring about oppression. And, and so the basic idea of intersectionality is, uh, if you put all of those different social facets, those, those different issues on the board, you know, race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, all these things, um, the more facets that afford you privilege, uh, the more privileged you are, and the more facets uh, that bring that align with oppression, the more oppressed you are. Uh, and so, the more boxes you have checked, the more social credit you have. The more oppressed you are, the more social credit you have. And and so, intersectionality validates the opinions and experiences of the oppressed over the the privileged and the oppressors in their system. So the more oppressed you are, the more intersecting facets you have, the more validated you are, uh, 
And so it's a tally system. How many boxes can you check? And uh, within intersectionality, like I said, the, the more oppressed you are, then the more power you have within the system. Okay? Uh, and it doesn't matter. Again, these are corporate issues. So it doesn't matter so much uh, what you have personally experienced so long as you are a part of a group that uh, has experienced or what, you know, uh, this. And likewise, it doesn't matter what privilege or lack of privilege you personally have so long as you are part of a privileged group. Okay? So again, you see this, this movement from individuality to corporate and that um, so that's that's intersectionality. It, it takes a lot of the, the the basic tenets and foundations of CRT of critical race theory and marries it to other similar issues. And within this corporate identity, um, it this it structures society uh, socially this way: who has the most to say and who needs to shut up, and so on. Um. Before I move on, does does that make sense as far as what intersectionality is? Yes. So under intersectionality, the more boxes that you can check for an oppressed group. The, the more validated you are uh, and the more social credit you have, the more you need to be listened to and, and wield power, quite frankly. Isn't that like bubble or something? I mean, it's normally, I mean, it are the dark system or the normal real world? Well, so this is, okay, and, and I'm getting a little bit into... Uh, what they argue as remedy and things like that, and that's where we're going next. But, but this is their foundational belief that the more um, facets you have of oppression, the the more uh, validated your experience and your opinions are. So, so yes, what you should ought to be listened to. So, in other words, in this, it's a belief system, and in that belief system, what they're saying is. You know how valid somebody's opinions and thoughts are based upon how many, how many levels of oppression they, they fall into, at least corporately, not necessarily individually. Okay. So, um, uh, under intersectionality, right, the, the opinion if I, of, uh, uh, of a, of a, a black transgender woman who's poor, is infinitely more valid and important than the opinion of a white cisgendered man who's rich, right? Because you got four levels of, of privilege versus four levels of, of oppression. Yeah. Yeah. Under that system, okay. And, and this leads us into the next question. Okay, what is the remedy? What that CRT and intersectionality? How do they? If these are the problems they're seeing, right? Society is structured around. The oppressors and the oppressed, and that specifically is certain groups are privileged and certain groups are oppressed. Uh, what is the remedy uh, 
Charlie, I've already heard from you, so I'll give you I'll give Will first shot. When, just, just to clarify, when you say facets of progression, do you mean things like statistics like wage gap, opportunity, college, like things like that? So the facets um, would be things like specifically um, everything that they identify as um, social issues. So your gender is a facet. You know, uh, your uh, ethnicity is a facet. Your education level is a facet. Your income level is a facet. Uh, you, the home, you know, the neighborhood you grew up in is a facet. Uh, your your gender identity is a facet. Your sexual orientation is a facet, and, it's, and on and on. Okay. And, and depending on what you answer for each of those, what you're either, each one has an, an, an oppressed category and a privileged category. And, and the more you tally up, right, you know, if you score six or above, right, type thing, right, that, that's, that's where those different facets intersect in your life. That's what intersectionality is. It's about where those different facets of, of life and society co- come in any one person. Charlie? So I think their proposed remedy is actually twofold. Mm-hmm. And it initially starts with if the society has original sin, which is what that is, right? And they're dealing with headship issues. They need to need to tear down the structures because it's always going to be through the poison tree, right? Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to try to unpack that a little bit. But yeah, you, yeah, so, uh, and, and, and talking about what the remedy is, it gets a little dicey because you have both explicit remedies, but then you also have implicit ones that constantly come up in the language that's being used. Okay? So explicitly, the one goal that is very clear is equity. Okay? This, you'll hear this often. Now, <laughs> Equity here is not defined as it as it is historically defined. If you pull out uh, uh, a dictionary older than ten years old, right? Uh, I don't know what's coming off the shelf today. If you pull out a dictionary that's older than ten years old, what does equity refer to? Socially speaking, obviously you can have equity in a house, how much money you have versus how much money you owe, right? But uh, in socially, like in legal system, historically, what does equity refer to? Equal treatment. Equal treatment, absolutely. So in other words, uh, uh, in law, equity historically referred to uh, impartiality. So fair and impartial um, treatment. Okay, This is why Lady Justice... You go to the Supreme Court, right? Lady Justice, the statue. I think that's there. Uh, what does she have? A blindfold, right? Uh, justice is, is historically at its best when it says, doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, what color your skin is, when you come in here, the laws equally apply to all, right? That's, that's historically what was meant as equality or equity, equality of opportunity, equality of treatment. It is being redefined today. 
when CRT and intersectionality talk about equity, what do they refer to? What are they talking about? Equality of outcome. In other words, um, uh, not everybody has the same opportunity. Everybody has the same end, right? Um, so, um, what does that mean? The same end. Okay. Well, that, that's how they get there. But what are they? What's the goal when they talk about uh, equality of outcome? Proposed goal. Sure. Right. In other words, so what that looks like is um, income or home ownership, right? Um, positions of power in business or politics. So, in other words. Uh, equality of outcome would mean, regardless of how much college you have or how good you are at something, you'll make the same as everybody else. In other words, socialism. Uh, it gets there, absolutely, and, and beyond, and we'll and we'll get there. It's, it, yeah, we can get next time into some of its 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 foundation. It, it's rooted deeply in Marxism, okay, and we'll, and we'll critique that. But what I'm trying to do right now is is be fair to it, the, the definitions and the goals. So in other words, um, that your skill, your education, and your labor are, are um, not what's important. What your paycheck at the end of the day is, is, is what's important. It should, it should be the same for everyone. And so in other words, um, in, in CRT and intersectionality's view... There will be no justice until income is identical for everybody, until home ownership is is proportionately identical to all groups of people, until positions of power are identical uh, in, in in businesses and politics. So, uh, until minorities own proportionally as many homes as as white people, or women own as many homes, or women have as many positions of power. Um, and the same would be with transgender and, and gay and, and things like this, and on and on, until there is um, an equality um, uh, in, in those numbers, there is injustice, is, is how these things are being defined. Um, there is oppression. That, that the only possible diff- reason for a, a disparity, a, a difference in distribution of jobs, uh, finances, the only possible reason could be oppression. That's the system. That's what's being articulated. Um, so, that, so the first goal is uh, an equality of outcome. Whether that's power, um, finances, home ownership, or, or whatever, and then there are, are less explicit goals. For example, when someone of privilege is is told that their opinion isn't needed, when so, when you're told that riots are justified because of other injustices, what? In other words, if I say there, there's no equality until uh, everybody, there's the same outcome, but I say, but your opinion isn't needed. 
is that the same outcome as allowing somebody else's opinion? No, it's not, right? Um, or uh, when I say that this riot is wrong, but this one is okay, is that the same outcome? No. So in other words, there's something else going on there. And this kind of language gets used. And what what is going on at that level? And this gets back to something Charlie mentioned. Well, yeah, and that goes back to equity, right? Everybody should get an A, or everybody should get an F, regardless of the work they've done, because the outcome is what matters, not the work done or the opportunity. Okay, absolutely. But I'm, I'm going on to the next step that says, um, it's okay, um, uh, this, this riot is okay because of some injustice done over here, this, this burning of this building or, or whatever, the shop. What is going on when I say that, that it's okay to mistreat that person because of something else that happened over here? What's that mentality? Retribution. Retribution. Payback. There's another word for it. Vengeance. Vengeance right? Um, so while equality is professed, it's not promoted. There is very definitely... Uh, What's, what's actually being sought is, and this is, is, goes back to what Charlie said earlier, is, is not an, an abolition of positions of power, but a changing of who holds the, the positions of power. Not the abolition, not the destruction of oppression, but the changing of who receives it. Uh, so this is key, and this is, this is prevalent, and it's unavoidable. There is a... Um, there is a, a a goal of payback involved, okay? And that leads to a third goal. Um, and, and you'll hear this as well. Uh, at least CRT specifically promotes a world where people of multiple ethnicities cannot truly coexist, okay? Because any attempt at coexisting is a denial of the problem and therefore a perpetuation of the problem. It's a cultural appropriation, or, or it's um, virtue signaling, or, or it's an attempt. But whatever it is, it perpetuates the problem. And so the goal then ultimately has to be a separation according to ethnicity. So you should have white churches and black churches, and Asian churches, and so on. There is, And so anything else is... is is perpetuating the problem. Um, they might give lots of reasons, right? People of privilege are so blind to their privilege that they can't even engage in honest conversations, so there's no point in being together. Whatever the reason is, what ends up happening is you must separate. Um, and so in other words, it's not about reconciliation. It's not about peace. Um, again, I, I'm simply just trying to be fair in, in, in recognizing what's going on, what's being discussed, and what the goals are. There's a lot of time to, to engage those, but right now my goal today is just simply get some things on the table 
that when this language is being used, this is what's being promoted. Okay. Um, so, again, what we're, we're battling implicit versus explicit goals, right? Um, so, on one hand, uh, by their definition, by CRT and intersectionality's definition of equity, they would say equal. Okay, but that's equality of outcome, not opportunity. So that's, um, and then the implicit is, uh, but we really can't do this together because it's, there's just no, there's just no reconciling, right? Um, and so it's, it is separate, right? But when you get to that other issue where it's really about vengeance, it's not, it's, it's not separate but equal. And, and, and in all fairness, uh, the original proponents of separate be equal weren't really promoting equality. <laughs> they were, they, okay, they weren't. Uh, I mean, it, I, let's be, we need to be really fair that they weren't promoting equality. Um, it was about black power in the 60s. Well, but there was a lot of, of people about white power. No, we want to, you know, we want to be separate, but have every opportunity. But but it wasn't, so, I mean, we're going to get into to racism. And, and, well, I'm going to try to get into it right now. Okay. Uh uh, in my seven minutes remaining, uh, look, as, as we talk about this, I think it's important to understand that racial tensions are not new. They're as old as time. Uh, there has always been tribalism. What is tribalism? John. Okay. Okay, well, that's that's pure selfishness and, and, and you know but what's tribalism uh, Steve well it is promoting one group at the expense of another but it starts before that with gathering groups based upon something what are those things huh? identity something similar right it could be uh, color it could be gender it could be interests likes um, right Family groups, absolutely. Tribalism is just that tendency to assemble around some shared something in common uh, and standing in opposition to others. And um, and the reality is, I think we can just be honest with this, differences scare us. It's just natural. Uh, we don't like being pushed out of our comfort zones. This might be shocking, but people don't like to be pushed out of the comfort zones. And, and when people do things differently than we do, we tend to feel judged by it. And uh, and we tend to feel the way that there's criticism on the way we do things. And, and beyond this, we tend to generalize. It's very easy for us to see different cultures and and to look at something very superficial and blame the difference in culture on that superficial thing. In other words, uh, a different culture does this, and this different culture all has a certain skin color. They're all a certain height. They're all whatever you feel, and we just, well, it must be anybody of this height, anybody of the skin color. We generalize in ways like that. Um, now, we do that with others. Within within. Different cultures that have commonalities, we say, well, there's got to be something else, right? Um, but if we're not honest, 
that we tend to do this, that this is common, we can never address it. It's not right, but it's common. We tend to do that. Um, and so negative experiences with an individual can form negative feelings towards entire groups. Okay? Um, and when you, when you confuse an individual's character for an ethnic trait, you're generalizing, you're engaging in tribalism. Uh, and we would never want that done to us, but it's so easy to do to others. And that's not a white problem. Racism is a human problem. China and Japan were, were just as interested in, uh, in creating a superior race during World War II as Germany was. Um, believe it or not, racism is, is the result of arrogance. And no one group has a corner on arrogance. We don't. Um, nation after nation, group after group throughout history have thought too highly of themselves and too low of others. That's a human problem. Put another way, no one is automatically racist and no one is immune to it. No one is automatically and no one is immune. Um, it, it's born of sinful pride, it's born of selfishness, and it, it's rebellion against God. And the church is not immune to this. In the Civil War, uh, uh, the Presbyterian Church, among others, were divided over these issues. You had uh, theologians who tried to use the Bible and pastors who tried to use the Bible to justify white superiority and slavery. During the civil rights movements, uh, you had professing Christians who spoke against racial equality. Uh, there are churches today who, who, who try to justify slavery in America based upon slavery in the Bible. The slavery in America was man-stealing. And slavery in America was man-stealing, which Exodus 20, uh, 21 makes clear was punishable by death. It's reiterated in, in Deuteronomy 24. Uh, what, what the Bible was dealing with was more like indentured servitude. I will work for you for seven years if you pay off my debt. That is a, it's a transaction. Um, man-stealing, kidnapping somebody and forcing them was punishable by death. Okay. Um, there are groups today that promote what's called kinism, which is that churches should be separated according to race because anything else is is, is to fight against the tower uh, God's judgment, the Tower of Babel, inter, interracial marriages is sinful. These this is these are people trying to use the Bible to promote disunity in God's house. Um if we don't acknowledge that the church has not been immune from racism, that it has done horrendous things in God's name, whether or not we personally have engaged in those, we have to accept that the church does not have a pristine history here. And all I'm saying is that racism is not new. It's not unique to our country. Uh... And, and no one is immune from its temptations. And until we understand that, we can't address it. 
unless we acknowledge where it comes from, we can't truly find a way forward. Um, <laughs> we are out of time. Um, I, I, I'm going to take a couple more minutes. Just bear with me. What are the dangers of talking about this in a predominantly conservative white context? Matt. Matthew. Okay, right. We could very easily dismiss things we haven't experienced, right? Okay, that's very definitely one one danger. Jump on either bandwagon without having knowledge. Okay, yeah. Ready, fire, aim, right? Uh, just run ahead without getting any facts, right? Okay, good. That's a danger. What else? John. Right, a defensive posture feels attacked and then just turns around and does the very thing you're critiquing, which is seeks vengeance. Right? Um, Let me just list out a couple others. Paint with exceedingly broad brushes. Right? Uh, Claim there are no problems. Right? Um, To deny the validity uh, of hurts people have suffered. Right? Uh, look, I think things are better than they once were. Uh, but I think it would be naive to say that there is no racism. Uh, and, and if you do, and a person has personally and individually experienced that, you have just lost the right to be heard. Because, because you're claiming things that don't match experience. Um, I think there are two dangers. One is calling things racism that aren't, and the other is saying there is none when there is. Um, we have to be truth seekers and truth speakers um, because anything else dishonors God. Uh, you can't fix one wrong by doing another. Um, it is easy to fall into a tribalizing mindset. mindset. To use us them language, to to overstate things, it, uh, to to start the statistics war that degenerate into generalizing tribalism, and I hear this all the time. What's wrong with all of those? That's it. They don't address the heart. There's no gospel. Right? And who do they serve? Self. Self. What were you going to say, Charlie? Absolutely. Yes. It's like before we trivialize, like you're saying, the battle first, it's okay to get down more with them. Like, yeah, this sin sucks. Yeah. Not just okay, but what the Lord calls us to do. 
But if we can't begin this whole discussion by praying with the psalmist, search me and know me, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting, if we can't begin our discussion with that prayer, then we aren't pursuing the Lord. If we start praying, you know, search them and know them, and see if there be any wicked way in them, that's not how we've been taught to pray. We always start with humble reflection. And if we're not careful, that will be, that will disappear. Um, Self-preservation always leads to vengeance, punishing those you see as a threat. And here's the simple reality. Vengeance is not ours, it is the Lord's. Uh, It's easy to be scared right now, and it's easy to be hurt, it's easy to be offended, and it's easy to be indignant. But hostility and anger and payback are not what the Lord is calling you to. Now you're going to feel like you're getting double barrels, because I'm actually going to talk about a lot of some similar things in the sermon today. I planned that with, to go with the annual meeting, and then a baby came this week, <laughs> and I'm doing Sunday school. This is what I was going to do next in Sunday school. But the Lord knows what he's doing, and, and so we, we are going to get into some of the things that the Lord calls us to uh, in the sermon. Um, but, but simply, if we don't discuss these issues with humility compassion, and compassion, we failed. Uh, we need to seek the truth, but we have uh, the answer... Uh, it, Beloved, it is not to deny the truth, promote a lie. That's not the answer, but we seek the truth for God's glory, not ours. And so we need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And only then can we say we're honoring the Lord. Uh, So, like I said, next time, uh, not necessarily next week, I'll I'll try to ask how we might assess some of those things in light of Scripture. Uh, Are these compatible with Scripture? And... uh, I believe CRT and intersectionality are wholly incompatible with Scripture. However, I don't think that means all of their concerns are invalid. In other words, because you disagree with somebody's cure doesn't mean you disagree with the diagnosis, or at least in part. Uh, I think there are solutions that are wholly better, Um, but not all the concerns are wrong in my opinion. And so my goal will be to roll up our sleeves, open up God's word, and try to ask how God calls us to understand, analyze, critique, uh, and even respond uh, to some of the concerns. So that's my goal. Thanks for being patient. I know I've gone over, so I'm going to close in prayer, and you can rebuke me in private later. Uh, let's pray. Our merciful Savior, we thank you for uh, being patient with us. And we would ask that you would help us to pray with all sincerity and humility as your spirit taught the psalmist to pray, search us and know us. Reveal what you would have us repent of and lead us to walk away of humility and grace and peace and be pleased to use our feeble and humble attempts uh, to do something glorious, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.